When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into ESPN FC. The football world is mourning the loss of football great Pele, who has died today at 82. A three-time World Cup winner, he changed everything about the beautiful game and inspired millions through the generations. With more on the life that he led and the legacy he leaves, here's Bob Lee. If you would use the word perf perfect, yeah, Pele almost is there. He was, he was for me the greatest uh, soccer player in the history of this game. He could drive a ball with power, he can flick a ball with the inside of his foot, the outside of his foot, he could change pace and direction on his run. Plus he was a killer. He was tough. Speed, acceleration, power, explosion heading, coordination, vision of the game, reading the game. So he could play with the left foot, right foot, with the head. He was an outstanding player, the best ever. There was a time when it was said every person on this earth knew of Edson Arantes do Nascimento. So brilliant were his skills, so vibrant his smile. He brought a captivating skill and infectious joy to the world's game, this we know. What is lost to the mists of time is the exact origin of his nickname. But it was as Pelé that this son of a small Brazilian village joined the club team Santos when he was just 15 years of age. Two years later, he played in the 1958 World Cup and his global legend was born. The teenager scored five goals, two of them in the final, to lead Brazil to its first ever world championship. Brazilians idealized soccer, calling it Jogo Bonito, the beautiful game. Pelé was its supreme artist. We played Brazil in Rio de Janeiro. Pelé is in front of me. He dropped his shoulder, he ran 10 yards, and he shot, and, and the ball flew into the back of the net. But the most embarrassing thing was that as he was running past me, before he even shot, he said, go. The ball you should treat like your girlfriend, you know. <laughs> and sometimes I say hello, thank you very much for everything. After the 1958 World Cup, rich European clubs bid heavily for the teenage sensation, forcing the president of Brazil to declare him a national treasure. Pelé stayed with Santos as the club rose to unprecedented heights with consecutive wins in the South American club championship, the Copa Libertadores. Santos toured the globe and the world watched Pelé year after year. The warring factions in Nigeria's civil war declared a 48-hour ceasefire so all could sit and watch him play. In 1969, Pelé achieved the unthinkable with a penalty kick against Vasco da Gama his 1,000th goal. 
Oh, I remember when the ball hit the net and it just all the reporters, they jumped into the field and Pelé was carried by them. And the first words that come to, to, to Pelé's mouth, don't forget about the kids, the poor kids, you know. Pelé was on Brazil's World Cup winning side in 1962, but missed most of the tournament with an injury. But in 1970, as Brazil won their third World Cup in Mexico, Pelé scored four goals, capped by this brilliant header against Italy in the final. Pelé was the, the player that changed uh, the, the results uh, of the match. He confirmed that he was very, very, very strong. Four years later, he retired, but was faced with mounting debts from a series of bad business decisions. Business is business. Family, friends is different. Uh, don't mix that. That was my problem, because always I mixed that. I trust people. Uh, that's my life. There was money to be made in the soccer wilderness of the United States. The New York Cosmos of the new North American Soccer League began a legendary spending spree. In 1975, Pelé signed a three-year contract worth nearly a million dollars per year to play with other global legends such as Franz Beckenbauer and Giorgio Quinalia. It was incongruous for, for this guy to end up uh, coming to New York, playing for the Cosmos and the NESL. We were a tiny little club with three full-time employees, and suddenly, phew, you know, center of the world because Pelé's playing for us. With Pelé as the centerpiece, the Cosmos regularly filled Giant Stadium, and that momentum rippled through the NASL. His final match was a 1977 exhibition, the Cosmos against his old club Santos. Pelé played one half for each team. Pelé with a hard shot into the goal! A shot into the goal! Pelé has scored in his last half for the Cosmos! And this is what today is all about! When the game ended, two goalkeepers lifted him up on our shoulders and we started a victory lap uh, around the field. And the little kid in Pelé, he said, Psst, Shep, one more time. Say with me, three times, love, love, and love. I'm very easy to cry, <laughs> very easy. This was very, very difficult to me to, to say goodbye. He never did say goodbye to his game or his fans. Corporate endorsements carried him around the globe to promote soccer. Pelé continued to touch those too young to have ever seen him play, but knew the stories and images of the Brazilian who captured the world's heart as a teenager and spent a radiant lifetime starring in that affection. It really is hard to overstate the legacy that he leaves and all the accomplishments that Pelé had. Three-time FIFA World Cup champion, as you just heard and can see here. Six-time Brazilian Serie A champion, two-time Copa Libertadores champion. Tied first with Neymar as Brazil's all-time leading scorer, male scorer, that is 77 goals. And then when it comes to those 1,281 goals, obviously some of those in unofficial matches, voted FIFA player of the 20th century. 
Pele is a legend in the lifetime of generations gone by and no doubt generations that will come as well. Such is his legacy. Many tributes have poured in today on Twitter and across social media. Kylian Mbappe saying the king of football has left us, but his legacy will never be forgotten. R.I.P. King. And he's just one of many who has put their tributes up on social media. Shaka, we're just going to welcome in some of our other pundits tonight. We have with us Frank LaBeouf, Casey Keller and also Stuart Robson. But let me start with you, Shaka. What was your reaction when you heard the news today? Um, heartbreaking. It had been coming for some time. There had been, there'd been rumours about, about his health and, and his passing even during, during the World Cup. Um, so you knew the end was nigh. And you knew that the game would have to deal with the passing of who I consider to be its first global icon. And while we look at the game today and its reach and the power of the players, Pele set that bar some 60 years ago. Pele set the bar that many are continuing to, to aspire to in a time and, and in a way that he didn't have the kind of exposure or the reach that modern day players are. Um, I think the game is better for it. It's better for, for his abilities on the field. It's better for all that he represented off it. He set the standard not just as a football player, but how this game impacts all those who dare to dream, all those who can afford a pair of cleats or, or can't, all those who just one day dream to live on, on, on the highest stage. And, and that's a big legacy to leave. That's a legacy that every single one of us who play the game, who have played the game, every single one of us who continue to, to play now, um, lives by. And, and in, in so many ways, has been guided by over, over the last 70 years. Yeah, it's just crazy to think that he stopped playing in the 70s and yet his name has been ever present, even in the modern day, many years after he stopped playing. Frank LaBeouf, I'm interested to hear what you thought when you heard the news today. Um, I'm devastated, I have to say. Um, when I was told, you know, that uh, he passed away, I was with my wife and I couldn't avoid, you know, some tears because um, well, you have the picture of uh, him and I, you know, and uh, the, the, the fantastic time that uh, for me to be uh, introduced to him. He represents everything that I wanted to, uh, to follow. My father taught me everything. I, I, when he, the last time he, he won the Brazilian shirt, it was in 71. I was three years old, only three years old. So I had to show, my father had to show me all the videos and everything that he had and see on TV the games that he played and everything. And... Um, you know, uh, we talk about, you know, somebody being the GOAT of, the, of, the, of football. And for me, there is only one GOAT. It's him. When you won three times, you know, uh, the, the, the World Cup, when you couldn't be, you couldn't be the, the best player in the world and get the Ballon d'Or because he was playing in Brazil and he was an European, uh, um, he, he, he would have won that title that everybody's looking for, I don't know, 10 times. It was such a fantastic player. It was like a myth. I think Tostao said... Uh, if you have, if you want to have a little bit of Pele, you have to bring the best of Cristiano Ronaldo and the best of Lionel Messi, and maybe then you will have a little bit of Pele. It says a lot, you know, about what Pele represents to all Brazilians, but the entire world, in fact. Um, 
Oh, oh yes, we all knew that uh, it was uh, it was going bad, and uh, and uh, and maybe uh, the end was was very close. But it's it's a slap in the face, you know. For me, he, I was born with uh, listening to uh, Pele's fairy tales, and I'm uh, today I'm I'm mourning like crazy. I'm 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 very sad. I'm very very sad because that guy. It wasn't only the Pele, the King Pele. He was the god of football. Simple. And Frankie obviously played with some of the game's greats, but this is a player, Pele, that surely when you meet him, even as a top football player, you just can't be anything but starstruck. He had everything in, in terms of tools that you needed to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to get all defenders crazy. And uh, he made, in fact, that number 10 in the shirt so famous, so legendary, uh, because before him, nobody thought about the number 10. If, if Pele, if uh, Maradona, uh, Neymar now, or so many others, uh, 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 Zidane uh, won the, the number 10, is because of him. He was, he, was, he was small, but he was jumping like crazy. And that goal that he scored against uh, Italy in the World Cup uh, showed how high he could go. But he was seeing everything in that same final. You have that that pass that he gives, that assist that he gives to Giorgino, which, not even looking at the at the players, he knew that the player was coming. He was feeling the game. We we saw everything. I saw lately a video of him uh, compared to all the players with all the tricks that they do that they do now. He, the, the video was showing that Pele was doing it before. He created everything. That's absolutely crazy what that guy was able to do. And uh, um, and don't forget, that's one thing that because some people say, well, it's another time. Yeah, football player were not that good. He didn't have the medical. He didn't have the preparation physically. They weren't prepared. You know, the travel that they had to make, it was they were very long. That guy played for 20 years, 20 years. Brazil didn't win the World Cup in 66 because he was injured. But <laughs> otherwise, every time he played in a World Cup, he won it. The guy was, yeah, he was simply the god of football. Yeah, the video that Frank's just mentioned has gone viral on Twitter. It's already up to 25 million views. It's Pele did it first, and they're showing all the modern-day greats doing all their fancy tricks and skills. And then, latter day, we're seeing the former Pele doing it all himself. Stuart Robson, we all grew up knowing all about Pele. It feels as though every football fan loves him. Absolutely. Um, I'm a bit older than Frank and my first World Cup watching was as a six, seven year old, the 1970 World Cup. And as Frank has just said, and as the video will show you, he started doing things that nobody else had seen. He had the shot from the halfway line, which beat the goalkeeper, but not quite the post. He let the ball run across the goalkeeper against Uruguay. You know, the header against Italy, the setup play for the fullback, Alberto, to come forward and smash it into the corner. He was absolutely brilliant. In English memories, we always talk about the save that Gordon Banks made. Without the header from Pele, Gordon Banks wouldn't have been able to make that save. But I think the thing that everybody loves about Pele, I don't think he was a diver. When he got fouled, he got up and played on. Uh, he didn't boast about things. He was a great character as well. And that's why everybody wanted to follow him. He was a brilliant example for every young footballer at the time. Nobody could, could match what Pele did at that time, but you wanted to. And that's what you aspired to as a young player. He was absolutely superb. And every, everybody around the world that likes football knows all about what Pelé did. Thank I, I think one of the things we, we have to remember, as, as you watch this video, and how much kinder the game is 
to goal scorers today. And, and that's putting it as, as nicely as, as I possibly can. Kind of in every single way, um, in terms of the equipment of, of the day. Try striking a, a ball from, from the 60s and, and early 70s, 40 yards. And some of the, the well, these guys would, would know exactly what I'm talking about in, in the difference between the equipment then or the balls then and, and now. The cleats back then, the weight of them, playing 90 minutes with it, playing 90 minutes with no substitutes. And then uh, the biggest differentiator, I, I think, was what was allowed on the pitch, what was excused as, as fair play, would, would be seen as, as, as almost prisonable, right, right, in, in, in today's game. So the game has become, and rightly so, has become kinder to goal scorers and star players of today's game. So while you make these comparisons, while you watch this video and, and try to put into, into some kind of context how much more difficult it was back then, everything about Pele, everything about what he did on the pitch, um, stood out head and shoulders in 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 a comparative context yeah we're just talking about where he played obviously santos for all those years in brazil and the new york cosmos casey keller he was tasked with raising the profile of the sport here in america and my goodness he did that well he he didn't just raise the profile he was the profile i mean as a as a young kid growing up in a in a, in a sporting family you know, soccer wasn't, you know, in the, uh, even in the periphery. It just wasn't even part of the conversation. And then as, as Pele joins the Cosmos and Cosmos makes that investment in, in bringing him here and the other great stars, as a young kid growing up, you didn't have access to what you see now from the leagues around the world, but you always knew Pele. It was always on the tip of everybody's mind. Everybody, every kid is trying bicycle kicks and doing different things. It was, it was what brought, you know, soccer into the mainstream where someone like my father was then able, you know, yeah, never watched a game in his life at, at that stage, but knew who Pele was. And you have to give the Cosmos a ton of credit, the NASL, because uh, I don't think U.S. soccer would be what it is now um, without that investment of Pele coming and, and raising that influence. You know, every player, Frank talked about it, um, you know, when you had that, that moment that you met the legend or you were, you know, in the presence. You know, I was fortunate enough in 89 uh, at the Youth World Cup in Saudi Arabia uh, I won the, the, the silver ball, and, and, and Pele was there to hand out the awards. And he hands me the, you know, the trophy, and, and I remember we're having a conversation on stage, and he says to me, you know, if you close your eyes, you would think that this under-20 World Cup was the World Cup. And I remember looking back to him and saying, well, if... Somebody would know it would be you. Uh, and, you know, just having, you know, that moment as a 19-year-old kid and putting it in perspective of, you know, the football king of the world now, now passing on. So the world mourns, but U.S. soccer owes a tremendous gratitude to that man for putting, you know, this sport on the radar in this country. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. He continued to, to always talk of the modern day players, to always be raising them up. And we're hoping to hear from Gustavo Hoffman, one of our Brazilian colleagues, just a little later in the show. And he always talked about how he always defended and stuck up for young players coming through and never really had a bad word to say about them. No, no, he didn't. And, 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 that, and that was an interesting aspect to his character. I mean, the way... Given everything he meant to the game, given everything he meant to, to Brazil and, and how he was used politically, and, and again, putting it as nicely as, as I can, he always not, not only um, was interested in the development of the game, the uplifting of, of youth within the game, but the uplifting of, of youth in, in our societies, of, of marginalised youth in, in our communities. Again, you, you're hearing during that piece on scoring the thousandth goal, he's being celebrated and he wants to talk about the kids, make sure and provide these opportunities for these kids. Because what's lost a lot of times with, with, with these global superstars is their own upbringing. As humble as they may be and as high as they may rise, still understanding how they can have that impact. And in a moment that you're being celebrated for your own individuality, for your greatness, the first thing that you think about is how can the next person from exactly my circumstance be given opportunity and a platform to excel as I have. And, and again, it goes to defining not just who Pelé is, but more to the point, what global superstars are and should be. And uh, given, uh, again, given the context of this being, what, 60 years ago, um, the, limited, the limited exposure that he was afforded, even for himself, he was selfless in, in, in that endeavor. Uh, well, I mentioned we would have Gustavo Hoffman joining us. He is with us now from Madrid. Gustavo, obviously, the country of Brazil and all Brazilian football fans will be reeling with this news this evening. For sure, Keo. I'm here in Madrid, 
the matchup for Atletico de Madrid and Elche has just finished. Uh, there was there were some tributes here before the match uh, in the stadium. Uh, the news arrived here, got here around one hour before the match. I had just arrived here in Civitas Metropolitano when I received the news. I, I also got very emotional because like we talked in some other moments during the World Cup. Uh, in Brazil, football is not just a sport. For us, football is the best way that we can express ourselves. The best way that Brazilians have expressed themselves through history is with football. And Pelé is the Brazilian who best expressed himself and for consequence ourselves also because he always repre represented our happiness, our skills, uh, the way that we live our life, the way that we love football. Football is our life is our life football is our culture football is our passion football is our religion and Pelé was the best he like we say in Brazil he he's our he's oh hey the king the king of football and it's a very sad night for everyone that loves football for everyone that always enjoyed to see Pelé I couldn't see Pelé playing but I have some memories when Pelé in his his 50th birthday when he completed 50 years old brazil the brazilian national team made a friendly with uh, an 11 of the rest of the world and i was a kid i it was in 1990 i was a kid i had just nine years old and it was the only time that i could see pele play and for many others at my age, we always remember that match because we saw Pelé playing at 50 years old, but he was brilliant, he was a genius, even with 50 years old. So for always we will remember Pelé as a legend, as the best Brazilian who ever played football, and for us, for sure, the best football player of all time. And growing up in Brazil, then, Gustavo, is it the case that as soon as you can talk, you were told about Pele by your grandfather, your father, whoever it may be? Yes, yes. We always had so many stories. I remember uh, when my, my, my grandfather, he used to go to many matches of Santos because it's important to, to explain. In the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, the best Brazilian players were playing in Brazil. They didn't have to play in Europe to play among the best. Brazil, Brazil won the World Cup in 58, in 62 and in 70 with the most of Brazilian players playing in Brazil. And Santos always made some, some tours around the world because the world wanted to, to, to watch Pelé. And my grandfather always, always told me uh, when he used to go to the match of Santos in Rio de Janeiro. Santos is a city in the coast of the state of Sao Paulo. But Santos, the team, was so great and so many people wanted to see Pelé that Santos always made some matches in Maracanã. Because the people in Brazil wanted to see Pelé, and so we had 200, 190, 180,000 people in Maracanã to watch Santos that made some friendlies and also official match against the clubs from Rio de Janeiro. 
because Santos in the 60s and in the, the end of and in the end of 50s also when Santos won so many trophies in Brazil when they won two times the Copa Libertadores de America when they won two times the World Club Championship with Pelé a young teenager was a brilliant teenager and always uh, that goal scorer machine a complete player and I was hearing you you guys talking about the video that became viral in the internet that's Pelé, that's Pelé, a man ahead of his time, especially, in f especially physically talking also, you know, we always, we, when we talk about the history of football, we talk about that team, that Hungary, Hungary team in the 1954 World Cup that was so, so strong physically, Pelé was ahead of his time, tactically, physically, uh, with his skills, so we have, and we always remember the stories of Pelé and his legacy. Gustavo, you maybe then heard, I mentioned how you told us here on ESPN FC not too long ago when we were talking about the World Cup, how Pele has always supported the Brazilian players and just modern day players, the big greats of the games now, how he never has a bad word to say about any of those players. Exactly, exactly. He, he's, he's unanimous through, through the players. You, I'm sure you won't even hear someone talk badly about Pelé in the world of football, in the world, especially, especially in the world of Brazilian football. Uh, we have seen, read in so many messages from the Brazilian players. He was always with the team. And we have also one very strong image of Pelé in the World Cup in USA, in Pasadena, in the, in, the, in the final against Italy, when Roberto Baggio misses the penalty, and then the official transmit, transmission shows Pelé, who was a color commentator in that World Cup, celebrating and jumping in the stands. And, and, and we always remember that scene, that you know that what Pelé did in that final. And like like you like you said, Keo. He was always with the Brazilian national team until his last days. He was sending good messages during the World Cup. You remember, uh, we talked about it. Uh, the, the days that Pelé was better, was feeling better, was the days that the Brazilian national team played. So he, he, he always he always be with us for sure. Always will be with us, Frank Leboff. I know you wanted to talk a little more about Pelé yourself. Yeah, because I mean, we have to understand because the, the, the young, the youngest maybe don't really understand why we are so crazy about that guy who played the last game with the Brazil like 50 years ago. Um, at the time that we discovered all, we discovered football uh, in the 70s, uh, more or less. Uh, French people were playing in a certain way, English were playing a certain way, Germany was playing a certain way, Brazil was playing a certain way, we, we were told about the Juga Bonita. So it was something very special to see the Brazilian team and especially to see Pele. And it's why nowadays, you know, most teams play the same way. It can be chiquitaca or a bit more vertical, but you know, we don't feel the difference because uh, players travel around the world and, uh, and you have many nationalities, you know, inside every, every team in, uh, in all clubs in the world. Uh, but at the time, as it's just been explained, uh, Pele was playing in Brazil, so you had a chance to see him mostly only during World Cups and with his team and playing differently uh, in the 70s and, uh, and, and even before. But I just want to talk about something. 
why we love him so much it be, because as it's been explained also is he was an ambassador of football he never criticized football he kept everything for himself because i was sure that he could have gotten crazy about you know i don't know the involvement of football you know uh, uh, and uh, the evolution of football sorry and uh, and that doesn't sometimes go for the best but he always been nice and um, when i first met him in the picture you see on my right shoulder, it was after the FA Cup uh, uh, final in '97. He had a word for every player. He came to the to the to the hotel where we were having a party, and behind me you have Ruud Gullit, was the uh, the coach of our team, and he came and he was so nice to everybody, saying a word to every players, you know, calling them by his by their first name. He knew everybody. It was so nice, trying to speak English. And saying words even to me as a defender, saying nice words. The guy, the guy was perfect in the world of football, you know. And I met him in 2006 during the World Cup with Franz Beckenbauer, and he was talking to kids that I was with in a museum that they they made for him during the World Cup. He was so nice to everybody, and that's that's something we don't really see nowadays. We don't see somebody being so perfect in so many ways. Casey, it seems that you're loving this story that Frank's telling us. Well, it's it's everything you've heard um, over the years. And as you said, you know, a lot of us who were introduced, you know, at the end of Pele's career as kids and how that legend continued because of who he was off the field. You know, I had heard stories of, uh, you know, the team bus at Santos having to wait an hour because Pele just would be signing autographs for kids and everybody who was around <laughs> and just didn't want to disappoint anybody. And, and was clearly that guy that understood the bigger picture of being a player, that life doesn't stop as a footballer when you leave the pitch. That's just a small part of it, that there's so much more how you can influence the game and what's really great in in a world of the toxicity of social media you had a player who is still considered the best of all time who all you talk about is positivity and all he reflected was positivity in in the game when there was probably so many things that he could have brought up in a negative manner, but chose not to, just chose to keep that message. And, and I think because of that, the legend just continued to grow. And what's interesting as well, Robbo, is we've seen some of those tributes from players today, from players of days gone by, some of the quotes that were said about Pelé, Johan Cruyff, Pelé was the only footballer who surpassed the boundaries of logic. Pushkas, the greatest player in history, was Alfredo Di Stefano. I refuse to classify Pelé as a player. He was above that. Well, we've heard a couple of quotes as well. We, we, we heard uh, perfect from Frank uh, when he was talking about his character. And he's absolutely right. He was the, almost the perfect character when it came to an ambassador for football. We also heard Franz Beckenbauer a little while ago talk about he was perfection on the field. There wasn't anything he couldn't do. He was more powerful than the rest of the players. He was quicker than most of the other players. He was better in the air than most of the other players. He could hold up the play. He had a great shot. He could score goals in so many different ways. He even, you know, went in the 1966 World Cup, which was played in England, he got kicked off the park 
but he didn't show dissent. He was slightly disillusioned afterwards, but he came back in 1970 and showed again that he was the world's best player. He was perfect in every sense. That's exactly what you want from a footballer and the greatest footballer there's ever been, both as a character and as a player. I mean, what more can you say about him? Yeah, just to, to see all those quotes coming in from the game's greats as well. And then there's some really funny ones where greats have said, you know, I thought he was just skin and bones, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, where the, the national team coach had been told back in 58, they'd had the team assessed by a sports psychologist and he'd said he's too infantile. After all, he was 17 years old. And the coach said, yeah, but you know nothing about football mm. and I've seen Pelé play. I, I mean, that, that just sums it up. It was a 17-year-old scoring two goals in, in the 58 final in, in and as you see in the tournament that apparently he was he, he was too young or, or certainly the, the uh, sports sports physicians thought thought as much um, and, and and that's the thing I, I think Pele leaves everybody with such fond memories and and fond in, in the most positive of ways and then funny as well because he, he just seemed to exceed everything that we'd come to know and expect of the game and do so in in a way that Everybody just appreciated, and he was just so far ahead of every other player around him, every other player of, of his generation, that it just didn't seem real. It just didn't seem right what he was doing as a 17-year-old, what he was doing three World Cups later, um, defines, defines how good a player he was and for how long he was that player. Yeah, very sad news today as football icon Pele has passed away at the age of 82. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. La Liga returned to action today and there was a moment's silence for Pelé ahead of the game between Atlete and Elche, the World Cup winners, not playing in this one, coming out onto the pitch but being clapped by a World Cup runner-up in Antoine Griezmann. You wouldn't have missed him on the pitch today, Shaka. No, you, you couldn't. You made sure that you knew exactly where he was. Anyway, we're going to see what happened here. This is Gonzalo Verdu showing a red card for bringing Morata down here. VAR gets involved, and I think this is the right call. Verdu, I, I think that's just lazy defending, wrapping the arm around Morata, maybe goes down easily, but right call. 
You just saw there Joe Felix with the little back heel to Griezmann. Joe Felix did start today. And looked very good indeed. Uh, that was a clever back heel. Um, uh, the less to say about Griezmann's effort, the better. <laughs> there was a red card for Atleti as well. Mario Hermoso got two yellows in quick succession. Which That's a yellow. I, there can be no arguing <laughs> about that. Yeah, that was the second of them. And so he got sent off as well. But then we're going to see... Griezmann gets a second attempt to put the assist in, a lovely assist it was, and Joe Felix opens the scoring. Yeah, the ball just kind of goes, so the defender does a good job of, of getting in the way of Joao Felix, and then Griezmann does a great job in picking out Joao Felix for the simple header. And he was very active throughout this game, stood out very much. Uh, this was Alvaro Morata. He had no idea this went in. Nice skill here, nice little weave. Huge deflection, and then he goes over and just stays in the turf. He's not really sure if he scored, but celebrating all the same. Yeah, Atleti <laughs> will be very, very happy with this. They were winless in their last four La Liga games before the break. They did get a win in the Copa del Rey last week, but Elche are yet to win a game this season. And that trend continues as La Liga returns to our calendar. Girona and Rayo Vallecano were also in action a little earlier today and there were plenty of goals in this game as well. Let's bring you some of them. We'll pick things up in the second minute. Sergio Cameo would take a bad pass, takes the ball down the field to score, makes it 1-0 to Rayo. Bad pass is quite a kind description <laughs> of that back header, but Cameo has a lot of green to cover and does so really well. Picks up a good finish. 30th minute, Ivan Martin. Pulled down inside the box here. Hey. Oh, was he? It does get the flick away. It seems a little late. In my opinion, it seems a little bit soft, but the referee's convinced. Castellanos converts the penalty. That made it 1-1 at that point. Then Rayo would go ahead once again. Very nice passing leading up to this goal from Isi Palason. Everything about this goal is good in the eye. The passing, the build-up and the finish. Now we take it to the 74th, Lejeune conceding a penalty kick, it's a handball inside the box. Well, that trailing arm extended, but for the second time I'll say it, I thought it was soft. Samu Saiz converts that penalty and 2-2 was how it would finish. Rayo have been riding high under Iraola. You can see just how good things have been looking for them in seventh as it stands right now. Robbo and Casey are here with us, obviously two of them covering La Liga for us all season. Casey was on the call today for the Atleti game and they'll be happy to be back to winning ways today. Casey, what did you take away from this clash? Well, really in the first half, we talked a lot about Mark Donaldson and I, is, is that Marata at different times was making really good runs forward, but just had no support. The rest of the, the team was just very slow to be able to react, and, 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 and they just didn't get the numbers in the box, where maybe second half when they started with the man advantage, they were able to get more numbers forward. Yes, that advantage didn't last very long after the the silly second yellow card from Hermoso, but but still, they, they made a bigger commitment to get more numbers forward, and they got their reward for it. Yes, a little bit fortunate on both goals. You talked about the great block from Bigas on the first one that then fell kindly to Griezmann to chip that nice ball into Zhao Felix, and then obviously the second wild deflection. But exactly what Atletico Madrid needed after a real poor run of form before the World Cup break to see if they can... Maybe get some consistency 
in the in I wouldn't say second half of the season because we're not quite halfway through yet, but but in this second part of of the season to see if they can uh, challenge at the top of the table. And the big question for Atletico Madrid, though, it sure looks like a lot of players are being linked with moves away in this January transfer window. What is Diego Simeone going to have at his uh, uh, at the end of uh, January, February 1st? What's his squad going to look like? Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it, Robbo? Especially to see one of those players that keeps being mentioned with a move away. He's pretty much said it himself. And Joao Felix still starting despite the uncertainty about his future. Is Diego Simeone right to use him while he can? Absolutely. You know, when you look at that side, it, it makes me scratch my head why Atletico Madrid don't play better football, don't create more chances as they did in the first half. You know, Morata, as, as Casey just said, made lots of good runs. He can hold up the play. He can bring others into the game. Griezmann, who we saw at the World Cup, can dictate the play, pick out a pass. Jao Felix, we saw at the World Cup, can go past people. Carrasco, one of the best wide players in La Liga, down one side. Llorente's got loads of energy and effort down the right-hand side. And they've got two midfield players in Kondogbia and Barrios who could control the game. But they just didn't do enough in that first half. But Jao Felix is an excellent player. And, he, and, and the manager just hasn't got the best out of him. There's talk that there's a rift between the two. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. But they've, at some point, they've got to stop that. And if Jao Felix goes, I think wherever he goes, he's going to be a top-class player. They need more out of Griezmann, who, who was better today. They need more out of Morata. If those players can play at their very best, Atletico Madrid will have a good second half of the season. It's all about the pink hair with Griezmann. That's what I is think. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think Griezmann's pink hair has changed try it, everything. Why don't you try it? Absolutely not. I will not be trying that pink hair. I'll try it if you try it, Chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, more chance of Robbo and Casey Well, well thank Casey and Robbo. Oh. <laughs> more La Liga coming up over the next two days. Be sure to catch all of these games on ESPN+. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The sad news today as we're starting to see some of the headlines coming out from the papers tomorrow across the world about Pele's passing. He was 82 years old and his legacy and legend will live on in the world of football. That is all we do have time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks to all our pundits for being here from myself and Shaka in the studio. We'll see you tomorrow. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com FC. Just go to Indeed.com FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 